Well, good day, everyone, and uh, welcome back to a new term of the extras. I'm Sam, and I'm Mike, and I'm Naomi. Hey, welcome, welcome Naomi. Naomi. Good to have you here. Thank you. Lovely to have you at the extras with us. Indeed, it's good to be back with a, a new term of teaching or a new series uh, in the Book of Genesis. Woohoo! Yeah, we're picking up from Genesis chapter twelve. We're going all the way through to twenty-five. Fantastic. And uh, a lot of a lot of the focus is on Abram. Uh, but actually, really, it's more about God and his promises and his covenant and his blessing. Nice. And uh, we've got Naomi's little boys in the background, so uh, look out for them along the way <laughs> for the train. We're well, just trying to work out which, which kids are here. But uh, it's really good to have you, Naomi, and yeah. uh, pick your brains and your wisdom along the way in the extras. Thank and, you. And, uh, Mike, before we get into the questions from Sunday, um, we'd love to just, re- if you can recap for us, uh, which part of the Bible, which part of Genesis we're in, and what, what was it all about? Yeah, thanks, mate. So we kicked off uh, basically at the beginning of chapter 12, where Abram uh, is called by God to go and become a great nation with a great name through whom God's going to bless all the peoples on the earth. And this is God really making a bit of a fresh start, uh, untangling the mess of Genesis 1 to 11, reversing the curse from Genesis chapter 3. Um, this is really very important words from God that really shape the rest of the Bible story and really the rest of human history. It's that important. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Uh, well, we've got a few questions that, that came through that we didn't get to on Sunday. Um, maybe, Naomi, can you read for us? We've got the first one there. Uh, is it possible that when Genesis was recorded, years weren't understood as 365 days? Uh, and if so, does it make a difference? So therefore, is the point that Abram was an unlikely usher for God's blessing? Nice. Yeah, so you, in you read uh, Genesis, the first, you know, at least 11, 12 chapters, there's some people who live a long time, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, Methuselah, he's, he's the longest, is 969. 969. And so people ask the question, you know, is this legit years? Like, is this like 365-day years we're talking about here? Um And look, it is possible that it may not be 365-day years, and yet it's possible that it is. Um, Because what seems to happen is as we move further away from creation and as sin has more of an effect on the world, people's lifespans actually decrease. It seems to be a result of the curse Mm. and uh, sin sin entering the world. And Naomi, you said uh, there's a reference in chapter 11, is it, about days being limited to uh, less years? Uh, Yeah, back after the flood, we see that God, as part of the punishment after that, is that he limits people's lives um, to, is it 150 years, I think? 120. 120. Um, And so I guess there's a sense there in which we need to hear this as the reality of what life was like back then. Yeah. So it is possible that these years weren't 365 days, but it's also possible that it is 365 days. And so um, I'm kind of happy to sit with that tension. The, the question goes on, though, what difference does it make? And is the point that Abram was really that old when we're told he's 75? Um, and is that the reason why it's unlikely that God, you know, surprising that God would use him and Sarai? Um, to, to make a great nation that's going to bless the world. 
Um, and definitely the rest of the story of Abram, and uh, even backed up by Hebrews chapter 11, definitely says the point is Abram was old. Mm. Um, 75 and onwards, um, Abram is past the age of having children. And Sarai, similarly old and very sadly, is barren. And those two factors definitely mean that these are unlikely candidates for whom God is going to do this miraculous reboot of creation, a new nation uh, with a great name. Mm. Um, And so, yep, the whole point of Abram and Sarai is that they are unlikely candidates for this. We're going to see that on um, Sarai's own lips uh, when we get to chapter 18. She's going to um, laugh at God's promise, and her reason for laughing is, I'm barren and my my husband is old. Yes. So, yeah, whether it's, yeah, exactly how the years work, the the point is the, the age. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, um, it's Genesis 6 um, is the 120 years, Genesis ah, 6 verse awesome. 3 Thank is you. where God limits the age there. Okay, um, a couple other questions. Um, verse 2, Abraham himself is described as a blessing, Genesis 12 verse 2, uh, or that he will be a blessing. Um, mm. In what way is Abraham himself a blessing? So verse 2, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. Um, God is going to bless Abram, and then God is going to use Abram to be the channel through which he blesses all peoples on earth. Um, And so as Abram obeys God and lives by faith, that seems to be the main times in which God uses him as a blessing to the rest of the world. Um, And so it's Abram trusting God and Abram letting God, if you like, use him as a channel to bless others. I think that's the way God's going to do it. Mm. Okay. Um, Yeah, um, Jack had an interesting illustration uh, in the morning about uh, Abraham being like a sprinkler. Uh, If God's the tap, Abraham's the sprinkler. He (laughs) lets lets the blessing go through. Who's the hose, mate? Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> we'll ask Jack. Yeah, we'll see what Jack says. He's, hopefully, he'll be here next week on the on the yeah, podcast. That's the plan. Um, Jack's also teaching um, Genesis in, in some of the other services, and uh, yeah, we, we want to sort of cycle through have, have uh, both of our, our preachers through. So we'll hopefully have him next week. Uh, hey, Mike, what is the Negev? Hey, Mike, that's what the question says. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Um, so it's the area. Kind of at the south end of the promised land, Canaan, that kind of borders on to Egypt. And so Abram travels south from Shechem, Bethel, Ai, and down to the Negev in verse 9 of Genesis 12. And um, yeah, it's a bit of a desert area, a bit of a kind of a a wilderness uh, Mm. area, and it'll come up again. Okay, beautiful. Really good to read your Bible with a map. Um, can be helpful. Yeah, as you come across these things. Um, often geography is significant. In, in Sometimes you, you can make sense of the story without knowing the maps necessarily, but sometimes you see a lot more if you actually trace where they're actually going and how far and which direction. Yeah, and on Sundays we'll try and put up some maps. Uh, I think Jack and I both did that on Sunday mm. uh, to help us because, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know where all these place names are, so yeah, maps can help. Absolutely. All right, uh, next question. Why did Abraham take Lot, 
people he had gathered in verse 4 and 5 when God told him to leave them in verse 1 of chapter 12. Yeah, so verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go. Um, does that mean Abram had to go solo, leave Sarai and a lot of everything else? I don't think that's the point of verse 1. The point of verse 1 is God saying to Abram, you've got to leave behind kind of everything that you know, your family's household, which kind of means leave dad um, primarily and, and that household and be your own household moving into uh, foreign territory. Um, so taking Sarai, I think that was the right thing to do. Um, she is his wife. He needs to look after her, even though that's not what he does in the rest of chapter 12, but we'll get there. Um, Lot is a bit of a mystery. Why, why does he take Lot? Uh, I'm not sure, but I don't think that's necessarily um, contrary to God's command in verse 1. And definitely the narrative doesn't kind of lead us to think that he's done a wrong thing here. Um, the, the narrative, and again, Hebrews chapter t- uh, 11, is more quite positive that Abram did the right thing at this point. Mm. Okay. Um, Verse 3, we read that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed um, through Abraham. But how does that kind of work? Um, I mean, particularly in in an immediate context, we're going to read of some some in the coming books of the Bible that um, when God's people arrive, it's not not always good news for uh, for some of those people. And and fast-forwarding into the New Testament, um, even for those who don't believe in Jesus... um, how does this work that um, all peoples of the earth will be blessed? Yeah, thank you. In a broad sense, I think all the peoples of the earth are blessed because God fulfills these promises to Abram, ultimately through Jesus. In other words, I take it the world is a much better place generally because Jesus came, because the gospel has come and impacted the world, um, impacted cultures, impacted laws, impacted And so in a broad sense, all peoples have been blessed. But then there's a specific sense, and this is probably where the question is saying that, you know, not every individual person has been blessed through the coming of Jesus. Uh, And that's right. And, of course, Genesis 12 tells us that because in verse 3 it says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And so to receive the blessings of God, um, people need to, in a sense, bless Abram or... As we know, spoiler alert, bless Jesus, Abram's son. And so how you respond to Jesus will determine whether you are ultimately blessed or ultimately cursed. If you bless Jesus by trusting in him, having him as your Lord and Saviour, you will be blessed. If you curse Jesus by rejecting him, rejecting his death, his offer for forgiveness, you will ultimately be cursed. Yeah, so, so you're, I guess that's a response to sort of the channel of blessing. If you if you reject it, you don't get it. If you re- nice. receive it, you get it. If you want to uh, move the sprinkler and not sit under it or yeah. use Jack's analogy, uh, if you'd rather stay out in the desert unwatered, um, yeah, you will be cursed. But God has given the means, definitely. So we can see Jesus in these verses. Mm. Um, so does the first part of verse 3 apply to only Abraham or to us as God's people? Um, and if so, what does this blessing and cursing look like? So whoever blesses Abram will be blessed. Whoever curses Abram will be cursed. And we do see that play out in, again, Genesis 12 to 25 and beyond, really. that In part, that's the, the story of the Old Testament. And again, as we see this fulfilled in Jesus... 
ultimately, those who bless Jesus will be blessed and those who curse Jesus will ultimately be cursed. And so he is the fulfilment of this. Um, but does this apply to us as Christians? Well, only in a secondary, secondarily sorry, um, fashion. Um, because we as Christians want to point people to Jesus. And yet we are also included in Christ and, you know, Christ graciously kind of says the way people treat us as Christians is a reflection on how they treat Christ. And so the kind of the consequences, again, uh, there's a similarity. Um, And so Jesus says to to Saul, um, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me when he's saying, why do you persecute the church? So there's a link there. Um, but I take it that the blessings and the curses in the Old Testament for Abram were, were very kind of physical, um, very material, if you like, whereas perhaps the blessings and the curse in relation to Jesus and to us is more in that eternal um, sense, more the spiritual realm, perhaps, than the physical realm, which I guess is a reflection of how the New Testament and the Old Testament play out. Mm. And I guess that's something we're going to keep exploring through this series, isn't it? The, the nature of this blessing, and both in, both for Abraham, but also for us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have been a little bit ambiguous in terms of um, not defining blessing and cursing just yet, because I want to let the narrative play out and let that kind of uh, help us answer what is blessing and what is cursing. And so I am keeping my cards a little bit close to my chest, which is making it perhaps a little bit frustrating for some. I apologise about that. But spoiler alert, you can read ahead. You can, exactly. You don't need me. You can work it out. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> right, I think that's, uh, that's it for questions for this week. Um, but it'd be helpful, Mike, if you want to just point us, where, what are we covering next week? What should we read? Make sure we've, we've dug our teeth into before Sunday. Thank you. So chapter 12, we're going to pick up at verse 10 and get to the end of chapter 13. Um, Abram's experience, he has this, you know, what you you could call a a spiritual high, you know. Um, God calls him, God appears to him, God reassures him as having made great promises to him. And uh, you think, well, how's this going to play out? And and immediately you're thrown into kind of chaos. Abram, having had such strong faith and obedience at the beginning of chapter 12, seems to waver very quickly by the end of chapter 12. Um, and then the conflicts continue in chapter 13. Um, and I think it is significant that um, Abram's not perfect and the blessed life is not always an easy life or the easy life. And so we're going to uh, explore what that means for him and what that means for us. That'd be great. We're looking forward to hearing that on Sunday. I think it's helpful sometimes to see that the people in the Old Testament aren't necessarily always uh, doing everything right. Absolutely. Um, And that shows us God's goodness all the more. Mm. Thanks for all your help today, Mike. Thank you. Good to have you, Naomi. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Uh, Come and join us to look at the rest of Chapter 12 and Chapter 13. Terrific. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.